Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Go with me to Matthew chapter 13. We're talking about having a faith tune-up. And just like everything else that uh, we use, they have to be maintained. Your automobile has to have periodic tune-ups or else you will be needing to go someplace at some point and you won't make the journey because your, your automobile will stop working. Well, you can't have that happen to your faith. It's much more tragic if you have a faith failure than if you have a transmission failure or an or a, you know, a, a engine failure. And, uh, and, but not only that, I mean, just about everything, our, our, our computers, our tablets, our phones, they all have to be tuned up. They all have to be updated. We're always doing maintenance on them. Isn't that right? And, uh, so we talked about all of these things. Now we're not going to go into all of the things we've talked about before. Uh, so it would be better had you been here for earlier services to kind of get the background, but, uh, this is all available online. You can go and, and listen to the previous three Sundays. I think it was three Sundays before today. And catch up on it. But we're going to pick up kind of where we were last week. We were in Matthew chapter 13. And really to understand uh, the parables here in this section of scripture where Jesus was teaching so much by parables. Uh, you, would really, you, you, you really have to read Matthew's account, Mark's account, and Luke's account. And and flip back and forth between the three accounts to get everything that was said. We pointed out in Matthew chapter 13, in verse number 10, the disciples came to him and said, why do you speak to them in parables? Because he just spoke these uh, parables that people didn't understand what, what his point was. And so the disciples said, why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered and said, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For whoever has to him more will be given. He will have abundance. But he, whoever does not have even what he has will be taken away from him. Therefore I speak to them in parables because seeing they do not see and hearing they do not hear nor do they understand. And in him the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled which says hearing you will hear and shall not understand. And seeing you will see and not perceive for the hearts of this people have grown dull their eyes are hard of hearing, their, or their ears are hard of hearing, their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their heart and turn, and I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For assuredly I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desired to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you heard and did not hear it. You know, we could stop right there and just take a little side thought that's already occurred to me once this morning. We don't sometimes really appreciate how blessed we are to be living in the time of God's revelation. The revelation of the mystery of Christ. The Bible says that God created all things through Christ. And that he is gathering all things together in Christ. And so the, the mystery 
And, and when we use that word mystery, we're not using it the way uh, uh, English-speaking people normally use it. it normally, in, in, our, in our natural uh, uses, the word mystery uh, denotes something that's hard to understand and a, or like a riddle and you, and you can't really understand it and, and it's not, you know, it's, it's designed to keep you from understanding. The way the word mystery is used in the New Testament is it starts that way. God, the Bible says that he hid these secret truths that were in Christ. That's why these prophets and people of old, they sought to look into these things. They wanted to see. They wanted to hear. They wanted to understand God's eternal purpose for humanity. And it was hidden from them, but it's, it was hidden from them to be revealed to us. How privileged are we? You know, every person in here knows so much more, has so much more insight than the prophets of the Old Testament. Because the Bible says that they prophesied and spoke about things, they didn't understand what they were saying. They didn't understand what time and what manner of time <clears throat> what manner of time, what, what type of, of, of season and, and so forth in humanity that they were speaking of. They, didn't, they couldn't grasp it, but we're living in it. Oh, glory to God. Do, 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 are you getting that? How privileged we are. Oh, praise the Lord. Now, I pointed this out last Sunday or the Sunday before. He asked, you know, he, he, he spoke this first parable the parable of the sower. And when his disciples came to him, they said, why do you speak to them? Well, them would be the other people, not the disciples, but the, the multitude. Why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered, and this, this bothered me for a long time. Jesus' answer bothered me. Has Jesus' answer ever bothered you? <laughs> hey, sometimes things he says to me today bothers me a little bit until I get my flesh under <laughs> He said, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. And I used to look at that and think, that just seems so unfair. That seems like, you know, God just picks and chooses winners, picks and chooses winners and losers. And the disciples were the winners and everybody else were the losers. And, uh, but then I noticed it again, uh, like I said, you have to look at Mark and, and uh, Luke as well. In Mark chapter 4, the same conversation uh, is being talked about here. And it says in Mark 4, verse 10, but when he was alone, now notice this, those around him with the 12. Did you notice that? Not just the when we say the disciples, we, we just think of the 12 disciples. See, in Matthew, it says the disciples asked him. Here, it said, when he was alone, those around him with the 12 asked him about the parable. And he said to them, to you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to those who are outside, all things come in parables so that seeing they may not see, and they, they may see and not perceive, hearing they may hear and not understand, lest they should turn and their sins should be forgiven. Now again, it, it, if you look at it one way, it looks like God's picking and choosing who will be blessed and who won't be blessed. But the thing that stood out to me a number of years ago when I read that is I, I noticed 
when he was alone, those around him with the 12. And the Lord said to me, anybody in that multitude that he said to them, it has not been given so that seeing they should not see and hearing they should not hear. He, the Lord said, any of them could have been one of these. Those, when he was alone, those around him with the 12, anybody in that multitude could have hung around for more information. I'm telling you, I'm hanging around for more information. I'm hanging around. I, I mean, I want to know. I want to get the goods. I want to get the good stuff. I want to hear everything he has to say. And anybody who has that heart will not be one of them, but one of you. Oh, glory. Did you get that? Oh, praise God. So it's not a matter of God's sovereignty. It's a matter of, of the condition of a person's heart. They choose. If you go back to Matthew, and let's go back over there. We're going to do it anyway. For, for the rest of the, this uh, next exposition here. Notice it says, for the hearts of this people have grown dull, verse 15, their eyes are, their ears are hard of hearing. You ever known somebody that was hard of hearing? Usually when you think of somebody being hard of hearing, they're not usually deaf, right? They just don't hear as well as they should. They don't hear everything. Our, our dear friends, uh, George and Carol Kearns, when, when, when Brother George was still with us those last few years, you know, he, he was really having hearing problems. He had a hearing aid. You know, we'd go out to eat, and if, if, if you weren't talking directly to him, a lot of times he'd miss the conversation. And so the four of us would be at the table, and we did this all the time. You know, went out to eat a lot, and, and, and we'd be talking and just laughing and talking about things. And, and he'd say, talk this way so I can understand. And CJ would just turn, that was his wife, CJ, Carol Jean. She'd just turn the other way and just laughing on purpose, just talk to us, you know. And he'd say, Carol Jean, I'm going to knock you in the floor. <laughs> and we'd just all have a big laugh about it because he was hard of hearing. He didn't hear everything, and what he did hear, he didn't hear correctly. It says here, their ears. Huh? How did it say that? Their ears are hard of hearing. There are Christians who hear some things, but they don't hear nearly enough. There are people who will sit in a church service. And hear all kinds of things that God's saying. And the person sitting right behind them didn't hear any of that. Some people are just hard of hearing spiritually. And then some people hear more. They hear some things that God didn't say. There are people that hear me say things that I didn't say. I, can't, I cannot even count the times people have come up to me and in conversation after church, they'll say, just like you said this morning, Pastor, and they rattle something off, and I thought, think to myself, I've never heard that before in my life. I couldn't have said it. Not, not, now, sometimes you'll say things by inspiration you don't know you said, but some of the things people say I said, I'll think, I couldn't have said that. That's not even biblical. <laughs> they, people hear what they want to hear. And they don't hear what they don't want to hear. Well, praise the Lord. It's the truth. Their eyes, they have closed. So who's, who's responsible? They are. Well, who's responsible today? We are. 
We're responsible. Amen? Well, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, we looked at verse number 12. We'll look at it real quickly again. It has been given to you to know, excuse me, uh, verse 12 says, For whoever has to him, more will be, will be given, and he will have abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. How can you take something away that somebody doesn't have? Even what he doesn't have will be taken away. If you go over to Luke chapter 8, which is talking about the same parable, the same conversation, Luke's account of it, Jesus said, uh, whoever doesn't have, even what he thinks he has will be taken away. Now, that, that clues me in. People who think they have are people who once had. People who think they have understanding are people who once had understanding, but it slipped away from them. Because spiritual understanding isn't like natural understanding. Once you learn your math, uh, 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 multiplication tables, you have it. Isn't that right? I mean, you just, you know it. It doesn't change. Three plus, three times four is four. 12 and you just know it. Five times six is, is what is it, 30? You know, whatever, you know, you just know it, right? Spiritual understanding isn't the same way. You can know things in your heart and in your mind, but if you don't, if you don't feed on those things and, and keep those truths fresh, up here, you'll think you still have it, but you've lost it. And that's really what he was talking about. He said, uh, for whoever has. Now, the, the thing that's under discussion here is revelation. That's what, there, what's, under, what's under discussion in, in the parable of the sower is you could say three things uh, are being pointed out or revealed in the parable of the sower. Number one is the action of the word, what the word does. Number two is fruit bearing. And there are four different types of hearers. And it talks about four uh, types of fruit or fruit bearing or not fruit bearing. The first three, the first two didn't bear any fruit. The third one started to bear fruit. And then the cares of this life choked it. We're not going to teach on the parable this morning. But you, if you've read your New Testament, you know that. Only the fourth uh, 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 group of people bore fruit that remained. Some 30, some 60, some 90. I think I said this on a Wednesday night not long ago. Listen, don't get under condemnation because you're just a 30 percenter. At least you're bearing fruit. Yeah. Amen? So that's, that's important to know. Sometimes you get the idea if you're not bearing 100% fruit, God's not happy. Listen, he was happy with the 30%. But, but, but it's better to bear 60% and 90% or 100%. Isn't that right? But anyway, that's another topic. So, so he's talking about the action of the word in this parable. He's talking about how uh, one receives the word and bears fruit. But the thing that is significant in this passage is over and over again, he talks about understanding. In fact, look at, let's look at uh, 13 again. Uh, verse, verse 13 says, Therefore I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see and hearing they do not hear, nor, will they, nor do they understand. Do you see that? Uh, 
Look at verse 14. And in then the prophecy of Isaiah is, is fulfilled, which says, Hearing you will hear and not understand. Seeing you will see and not perceive. So understanding and perceiving. Go to verse 19. Verse 18 says, Hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it. And then in uh, verse 23, But he who receives Seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it. So one of the things that's under discussion here, and, and it's what he's talking about in this explanation, is the importance of understanding what you hear. Getting what we call revelation knowledge. Some people don't like that word. It doesn't bother me at all. You, you could say, and I and sometimes we'll use this, these terms, illumination, the enlightenment of the Spirit. We have to have that. If we don't have the Holy Spirit illuminating the Word to us, it just becomes, uh, the, the Bible just becomes a, a sort of a, a legalistic, dead, dry thing. And, and if you're just spending time reading your Bible out of a sense of obligation, well, I just have to put in my chapters, I have to put in my, you know, my 30 minutes reading today. If, if you approach the Word that way, you'll not get a lot out of it. You have to feed. It's better to feed on a verse of Scripture all day, just one passage, just one verse, and just feed on it and, and, and meditate on it and turn it over and just, and just let, it, let it minister to you and nurture in, in, in your heart. It's much more profitable to do that than to read two or three chapters and you're looking at your watch the whole time. Amen. So he's talking about understanding. And uh, he says, whoever does not have understanding, revelation, knowledge, what he has will be taken away from him. Uh, in other words, what he thinks he has. Now, who takes it away? Does God take it away? No, God's not taking it away. God's not giving revelation and then taking it back. He tells us who takes the word the enemy comes, the devil comes and steals the word out of, out of a person's heart. Say, well, does, does the devil have the, have the power to steal the word out of my heart? Yeah, if you, don't, if you don't act on it, if you don't have understanding of it, and if you're not acting on it, the devil will take that word. He'll come, he'll march right down this aisle, right in this service, and take that word out of you. As a matter of fact, if you don't receive it right when you're hearing it, he'll take it before it even gets into you. You do know the devil comes to church. He does. Amen. He's walking around these aisles just waiting to see what your response is to the word. If you, don't, if you don't respond right, even what you think you used to know, you don't know. Amen. Now, go with me to, let's go to Mark 4. This is so important. It, it's, it, it's so important that Jesus said it like this. When they said, uh, Lord, you know, explain the parable to us. Jesus said, if you, 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 if you don't know the meaning of this parable, how then will you understand all the parables? Because this is the parable of the action of the word, bearing fruit from the word, and, and the understanding of the word of God. So in, in Mark chapter 4, let's look at verse 21. 
Jesus said, now notice it says, he also he said to them, a lamp is a lamp brought to be put under a basket or under, under a bed. Is it not set to be on a lampstand? For there is nothing hidden which will not be revealed, nor has anything been kept secret, but that it should come to light. Now, most people, I think, I think most people take verse number 22 as a warning that your sins will find you out. It's nothing hidden, hidden that will not come to light. I think most people see that as a warning from Jesus. Well, it is true that sin that's not forsaken will find you out. Given long enough, sin that is, that is uh, 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 harbored and, and not forsaken and not dealt with, it, it'll eventually show up it'll, and people will know about it. So that is true, but that's not what he's talking about here. In fact, when he said, is a lamp brought to be put under a basket or under a, a bed, is it not to be set on, on a lampstand? He's talking about revelation. Now, this reminds us, everybody knows the, the uh, Beatitudes. Turn over, hold your place here. Turn over to Matthew 5. Matthew 5, verse number 13. You are the salt of the earth. If the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. In other words, as a Christian, we are the salt of the earth, but if we lose our flavor, in other words, if we lose our testimony, if we lose our, our witness as Christians, then we're good for nothing in this world. And then he talks about not only are you the salt of the earth, you're the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Therefore, let your light so shine before men that they may see your, your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Now here, when he's talking about they don't light a lamp, and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, so it gives light to all who are in the house. In this passage, he's talking about letting our light shine. In uh, Mark chapter 4, go back over there, he uses that same saying, but that's not what he's talking about. You know, you can use, you can use an illustration, because, you know, when he, when he talked about uh, nobody lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. They put it on a lampstand. That, that's an illustration. It's a little saying, a little illustration. We do this oftentimes. We'll, we'll use the same little saying, and some, one time it'll be illustrating one point, another time it'll be illustrating another point. Don't we? You know, of course, we can use things that way. Jesus did the same thing here. In Mark, he's not talking about your light shining. He's not talking about letting your light shine. That's not what's under discussion. What's under, under discussion is the revelation, the understanding of the word. Notice he said, after he said, uh, verse 11, to you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to those who are outside, uh, all things are done in parables so that seeing they may not see and perceive, hearing they may hear and, and not understand. And then he talks about uh, those, like verse 20, those are the ones sown on good ground who hear the word, they accept it. That means they understand it, they receive it, they bear fruit and so forth. Then he also said to them, 
in that same context. This was not what, these next few words weren't something that, that Mark just remembered. Oh, by the way, I remember three weeks before that, he said this, I think I'll stick this in here. No, Jesus said this about the lamp on different, again, this was not the Sermon on the Mount. He talked about lighting a lamp and not hiding it under a bush on the sermon, in the Sermon on the Mount. This isn't the Sermon on the Mount. He used that illustration here differently. He's talking about revelation. Is a lamp brought to be put under a basket or under a, uh, or under a bed? Is it not to set on a lampstand? For there is nothing hidden which will not be revealed, nor has anything been kept secret, but that it should come to light. There is nothing you need to know that you can't find out. There's no revelation you need as a Christian that God will withhold from you. We're living in a time of, of the gospel era is a time of revelation where he is revealing his truth. Well, God did not light this lamp to hide it. He didn't bring this revelation of who we are in Christ, what, we, what belongs to us, how to live by faith. He didn't bring this revelation for us to stick it under a shell somewhere. There are a lot of people today that are saying, well, the message of faith and the authority of the believer and what belongs to us as Christians, that's, that's old school. We're doing something different today. No, there is always ongoing revelation, but he doesn't bring revelation in to then put it on a back burner. The revelation that he has for the church for the last days is something that he has set on a lampstand and he expects all of us to see it. And there is nothing hidden from you that will not come to light. Now this isn't talking about, you know, it says over in Deuteronomy that the hidden things belong to the Lord, but the things that are revealed belong to us. I'm not saying that there's nothing about God you can't find out. You... <laughs> You don't have the capacity to understand but just a little uh, shadow of God, okay? I'm not saying that, but I'm, what, remember what I said a moment ago. There's nothing that you need to know. There's nothing that God intends for the church to know that you cannot find out. There's nothing hidden that will not come to light. There's nothing held secret that will not be revealed. If you have the right kind of heart, the problem is people don't have the right kind of heart. They sit in church or they read their Bible at home and their heart, it, it, over in, in, I think it's in the, in the passage in, in, uh, in Luke, says those who receive the word with a noble and good heart. Was that Luke? Luke look that up in Luke 8 and see if it was in, in Luke 8 or where it might have been in Matthew 13. I don't remember. I'll look it up faster than you are. <laughs> Yeah, verse 15. But the ones that fell on the good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear witness or, or bear fruit with patience. It matters how you hear. Now go back to Mark. He said, there is nothing hidden, verse 22, Mark 4, 22, there is nothing hidden which will not be revealed, nor has anything been kept secret, but that it should kept to come to light. God hid the things that we know from generations past, and he, and he hid it from them, but he hid it for us, Amen. that we would see and know these things. 
Oh, privileged ones, privileged ones. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. In Luke's account of that, it says that when he finished the parable, he cried out. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. In other words, he spoke in, 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 uh, differently than when he was just teaching. At the end of the teaching, he cried out. He was begging people. He was challenging them. Open your ears, your spiritual ears, and hear. Anybody can do it. If anyone has what he, what he described as a good and noble heart, you can hear. Oh, glory to God. Then in verse 24, Mark 4, 24. Then he said to them, take heed what you hear. Take heed what you hear. Kenneth Weiss is a Greek authority. He said that in the Greek this means keep a watchful eye on what you hear. Keep a watchful eye on what you hear. It's important. Keep, keep ever a watchful ear. Because, why? Why should we keep a watchful eye on what we hear? Well, he tells us. Because with the same measure you use in hearing, it will be measured back to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. The more of this world's ideas and philosophies and thoughts and ideas that you hear, that same measure that you use, that same measure you use in listening to this world, if you tune your ear into, I'm telling you, you all know this, this world is preaching constantly. The entertainment industry, the so-called news industry, this world is constantly sending out its propaganda and its message. And it's, and it's diabolical, it's ungodly, it's contrary to the truths of the Scripture, and it's around us all the time. He said, keep a watchful eye on what you hear because the measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. And over in Luke chapter 6, he, 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 he fleshes that out. He said, uh, the measure that you use, it'll be measured back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. What you give your ear to, it will, it will be measured back to you the same degree that you put into hearing what this world says. It'll come back to you multiplied. Exponentially. More and more. You will get more and more of what you put your, 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 your ear to. What you surrender your thought life to, it will not just come back in trickles, it will come back good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, and it will define your life. That's why he said, be careful what you hear. Give heed to what you hear. You give heed to offense. You give, you, you give your ear to offense. Be careful. Somebody come up to you and they're, they're mad about somebody and they start blabbering about what somebody did. You give your ear to that, you're gonna get a whole lot more than that earful. 
You're going to get a whole lot more than that earful because the devil's going to come and he's going to load you up with offense. Why? Because you gave your ear to it. You met, that was the measure that you used. You wanted to entertain that. You wanted to be offended. I'm doing better preaching than you're doing shouting. Amen. Come on, Brother Anderson, preach it. Thank you, I believe I will. <laughs> deception. You give your ear to deception. Lies. Lies of the enemy. Just give your ear to it. Just, to, just, just give your, whatever you give your hearing to, it's going to come back to you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, like I said, exponentially. It'll come back. And it'll fill you up. But the good news is, make a decision to hear the word. And the more word you make a, deci a, a, a quality decision to hear the good word. To not just, to not just let it run by you. But give yourself to it. And I'm not talking about spending hours a day in the word. I know people have lives. The Bible says if a man doesn't work, he's not going to eat. Your boss didn't hire you to pass out tracts. Your boss didn't hire you to witness unless you work for a witnessing team or something. Your boss didn't hire you to witness or to lead people to Jesus or he hired you to, to do your accounting or whatever it is he hired you to do. So we're required to do those things. So I'm not talking about spending all your time. I'm talking about carving out a time where you make, I'm going to make a decision this day, I'm going to feed on the word of God. I'm going to feed my inward man the word. We talked about this a few weeks ago. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and it doesn't come by anything else. It doesn't come out. It, faith doesn't come by, by, by working on carburetors. <laughs> faith doesn't come by teaching school. Faith doesn't come by, by selling products. Faith only comes by hearing the word. Well, if that's the only way faith comes, then we ought to give some attention to hearing it. And to him who hears, more will be given. Oh, glory to God. And, and over in Luke, going back to Luke, he says, and he will have abundance. You know why some people seem, seem to have an abundance of understanding? It's because they gave themselves to it. That's the, it's not because God chose them. God didn't just pick them out. I remember something Kenneth Copeland said to someone uh, in, in a personal conversation years ago. This was back in the 1970s. Somebody was in one of his meetings and they, they asked Brother Copeland, they said, how do, you, how, do you get, how do you get all of this revelation, this understanding from the scripture? How did that come to you? He said, well, I'll tell you what I do. He said, most preachers, now, now listen up. He said, most preachers, when they walk off the platform, and they're, and they're finished preaching, they go back to their, to their hotel and they watch television. He said, when I walk off the platform from preaching, I go back to my hotel and I get back in the Bible. He said, that's why I have more revelation. And that's true for anybody. 
What, 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 what do you give of yourself? How, how much interest do you have? You can have all you, you can have all you want. You can have anything that you want in Alice's restaurant. Some of you old people know that song. You have to go way back. You can have all you want in God's house. Amen. Hallelujah. You can have all the truth. You can have all the word. You can have all the revelation. You can have it all. Glory to God. And there is literally nothing God will withhold from you that you need. Because Jesus didn't just say, whoever asks receives. He said, whoever seeks finds. Seeking connotes a little more aggression, aggression than asking. It's a little more intense. Whoever, everyone who asks receives, he who seeks finds. Some people ask, but they don't keep, they don't really seek. They don't hear right away. How many times, don't raise your hand, how many times have you, have you been really stirred up in a church service? I mean, you just, your, your heart was just stirred. I'm just going to go after God with everything I have. I'm going to start praying more and I'm going to start, I'm going to start reading my Bible. I'm just going to, I'm going to sell out to God. And that lasted a few days. And within, by the end of the week, you weren't like, da-da, Superman spiritually. You, you, you just, by the end of the week, you know, spending that extra time in the word and extra time in prayer, you didn't, you didn't, it didn't seem like it profited you anything. You weren't changed your flesh still was the flesh and you still got tripped up and you still made the same dumb mistakes. Fruit bearing takes time. You've never seen a fruit tree that one day you go out there and the tree's bare and the next day you go out there and presto, it's full of fruit. Fruit takes time. And, and, there's, and, and there are seasons of fruit bearing. If you want to press in Make a commitment to pray. It has to be a choice of a lifestyle. I'm not going to press in because I expect to be brother so-and-so by the end of the month. I've learned this. Bearing fruit is a process. It takes time. And I found out when I just made the decision I'm pressing in, I'm going to keep these spiritual disciplines in my life. I'm just going to do them. I've seen the fruit long term. And the problem is a lot of people just don't persist because they're expecting instant gratification. And getting back to what Jesus said, ask, it'll be given to you. Seek, seek it. And keep on seeking and you'll find. Knock. That's even more aggressive. That's hammering on that door. God, I'm gonna, I've got to have this. I've got I've to have this. I've got to have more. I've got to, I've got to know you more. I've got to have greater understanding. We're not talking about, of course, we're not talking about seeking uh, uh, sensationalism or to have some, you know, uh, Spooky spirituality. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about understanding God and understanding the Bible. You have to be aggressive. But I'm telling you, it, that door will be opened. God will open that door. He'll open that door. You will find. 
Oh, praise God. In the process of time, you'll find. Well, praise the Lord. There's so much for us. All of this, I haven't even started talking about, really about faith yet. Huh. This is just a, a, a warming us up. This is just warming us up. Because these things are necessary. If we're going to be people, God is taking us to another level, church. He's now, then don't, let just that, don't just let that be a saying. He is taking us to, he is calling us to a higher level of life in God. A higher level of effectiveness as Christians. A, a, a higher level of witness and testimony to people around us. A higher level of understanding of him. Oh, how he wants to fellowship with you. He wants to fellowship with, with us so intimately and so profoundly and so deeply. Don't let discouragement, don't let what seems like no, no answer turn you aside. God, God has it. He would not light this lamp except that he intends to put it on a lampstand so that you can see it. Amen. Nothing hidden, nothing kept secret that he'll not give to you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord. Thank you, Father. Let's stand. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Oh, we worship you, we worship you, we worship you, Lord that we might be fully conformed to Christ in every way in our lives, fully conformed, fully conformed to Christ. His life, His love, His nature, His power revealed in us and through us to the world that like Jesus said, our lives will be that light. And we can let this light shine for all to see. Glory to God. Thank you for it, Father. We honor you. We bless you. We magnify you. We're hungry, Lord. We're hungry. We're hungry. We will only be satisfied with a certain degree of hunger. We'll only be satisfied with a, a certain amount of dissatisfaction. May we ever be hungry. May we ever be thirsty. Because you've promised us those that are hungry will be filled. Those who are thirsty will find refreshment and drink. Oh, glory to God. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. I pray, Lord that the hearts of everyone here today will grow in understanding, grow in grace, and in the knowledge of you, Father. Glory to God. Hallelujah.
At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.